Hi, friends. A quick word of note about this episode uh, before we get started. Uh, it was not recorded in the Love Nest where I now sit. It was recorded on the road across seven states as Lisa and I traveled to Grandpa Joe's funeral during this very, very strange pandemic time. So the audio quality is more akin to like our road trip episodes because it was recorded on the road. But this one is a ton of fun. It's a wild episode, and I'm really excited for you guys to get into it. I hope you enjoy. Let us know. Don't forget to leave us an iTunes review. We're still begging for those. And uh, let's get on with this show. Let's have a good time. You are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. Oh God, I'm Brad Gullickson. <laughs> and each month, we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four-color realm. This week, one more road trip special. We are on our final leg home from Minnesota, and we have some goodies in store for you. First, we're going to tell you what we found in Grandpa Joe's house. Then, Don and Norrin are going to take a Stephanie Baron Hall approved Enneagram test. Then, we're going to talk Don Greenwood and Silver Surfer's appearance in group number three by Jeff Loveness and Brian Kessinger. And we're going to do it all without Brad driving us into a bridge embankment. Ah! <laughs> I could have picked the absolute <laughs> worst time to do this intro because literally there's like cones and then we're just like there's a groan strip right to our left so you're gonna that one right there lisa (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's just like i see it's a a great blue whale off the port bow you can hear its beautiful song (laughs) Uh, i think we're still in indiana we're approaching ohio so it's very flat um, there's some corn. There's a police officer in a dare truck right there. Is that a police officer? Yes, it is. I, I mean... I have no idea. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, oh, good. We now have a cop right behind us. Oh, maybe we should stop. Let's pause. Oh, no. Don't don't stop. <laughs> okay. Well, if we get pulled over, uh, we'll be fine. We're, we're podcasting. Sir, we are podcasting. Can't you tell this is a mobile podcasting unit? I have the Zoom recorder in a cup holder like surrounded by tissues so you, you don't hear the rattling. <laughs> it's a moot point because that cop is pulling over to that accident that we just passed. Oh, sweet. So, <laughs> so we just rolled past our future, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's start with um, searching Grandpa Joe's house. Yeah, I mean, this was wild. I, you know, listeners already know that we drove through uh, many states to get to Uh, Hugo, Minnesota, uh, to partake in Grandpa Joe's funeral. He was 101 years old. God bless him. And uh, it's weird traveling during the the pandemic. If you want to hear what it's like traveling during a pandemic, listen to our last road trip episode. Um, But this was really special and made the whole trip and all the anxiety around it worth it. Absolutely. So uh, this is my paternal grandfather my dad is the oldest of 
seven. And so many siblings. I can't keep track of... I can keep track of the one aunt. But <laughs> all the uncles, I can't keep track of them. And, um, and most of them have stayed more or less in the Midwest. I think that... Um, we, we moved the farthest, moving to Virginia, and we did because my dad was a Marine, and he got stationed in Virginia. Um, but they decided to get everything done that has to do with Grandpa Joe's 101-year life in this, like, five-day period. <laughs> so the very next day after the funeral... All of the siblings and a bunch of my cousins were going in and out of the house trying to categorize all of his paperwork, all of his objects, and we were sent there um, with the vague idea of helping, which I think, like, not, there was nothing really we could do. Uh, you know, we could look around, we could browse, we could sort, we could write uh, all the thank you note addresses. We did that. We did do that. And, um, and we were, we were given the express instruction to take stuff. Yes. My grandpa Joe was a sentimental fool, not unlike myself. And he had a lot of stuff and a lot of it and none of it labeled. Yes. (laughs) He has every, he has all of his report cards. He has all of his kids report cards. Uh, He has tax returns from 1946. Which were great to go through. I loved that. Oh, it's fascinating. Uh, he made $3,000. Yep. That's not yep. bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. 1946. Um, he had a bunch of uh, World War II memorabilia, which was really cool. Uh, he had a World War II bazooka rocket in his bedroom, which I was told, I was assured, was not live. My uncle Ralph, who is an uncle by marriage, he's married to my Aunt Camille, um... He goes like, that could be life. We have to call the authorities. And my dad was like, I played with that as a kid. It's probably fine. I, I, I love the idea of like my my dad as like a you know a seven year old child just walking around with a rocket. And and I appreciate that. And you know your dad's right. It probably is fine. But uh, I don't know. If probably is what I want to risk my life on. But yeah. uh, what are you gonna do? What he are you gonna also, do? Um, had a canteen in which he had etched all uh, from World War II where he had etched all of the places in India and China he had been. Yeah, yeah, and Burma. And uh, what what's great is he also has this massive Gurkha blade which he used to cut the brush of Burma. So lots of real interesting history. But of course, Lisa, whenever I wade into a house where there's lots of knickknacks and your grandfather like you said, collected everything. Uh, I'm looking for comic books. I and I wasn't like expecting a mother load of comic books because none of my none of my uncles ever struck me or my aunt ever struck me as comic book fans. Ah, yes, and and I thought you would be right, but we did find a box load of books, and most of the comics had their covers ripped off. They were very loved. Were very well loved, very well read. Um, but they were actually a pretty interesting and eclectic collection of comics. And we found several that still had covers inta- attached that are pretty darn cool. What do we got there, Lisa? I'm holding them in my lap and I'm smelling them because they smell like Grandpa's house and they smell like old books. Mm, okay, so uh, this is in no particular order. No. So I'm going to start with 
Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. Oh, yeah. This was 15 cents in April of 77. And where are the credits? No, that's, that's not April of 1977. Oh, that's, that's issue 77. Oh, where is the year? If you go into the copyright, I think it's 1960-something. It's copyright the, 1970. 1970, okay. You're right. I should look on the inside cover. No, that's all right. Um, edited by Sarge Stanley, written by Bricktop Bill Everett, penciled by Darlin Dick Ayers, inked by Jolly John Severin, and lettered by Jazzy Jean Izzo. That's super cool. That's a great issue. I'm very excited to dig into that. Yep. And of course, what is Lisa doing? She's bending the cover back. It's already bent back, my sweetheart. <laughs> like, what, what am I going to do? You're, you're, you're giving me the vapors. Um, Brett has already looked on eBay, eBay at all of these. Yeah, there's nothing in there that's like super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I, they're, they range from like $5 on eBay to $40 on eBay. Uh, so I didn't feel like I was robbing the family. You know, we didn't find any Action Comics number one or Amazing Fantasy 15s there. These are all 60s and 70s era comics. It's, it's very sweet. We were talking to my cousin Angie, and she pointed out, like, because we felt guilty. I mean, I felt weird taking comics out of a person's Taking house. all of the comics. But Angie is like, there is nobody else. Like, I have 32 cousins. Like, just, like, cousins that are my generation cousins. This is not counting, like, my second cousins, blah, blah, blah. But of my first cousins, nobody's into comics except for me. Right. So she's like, there is something in that house for everybody in our family. That's true. And we can all take it guilt-free because um, our diagram of interests is mostly just separate circles. All right, so let's get down to the business of Don Greenwood and Norrin Rad, our couple of the month. We did episode 50 where we covered the first storyline from the Michael Allred and Dan Slott uh, era. And uh, we're going to do next week volume two of that, uh, Worlds Apart. But until then, uh, for the rest of this car ride, we want to do a few fun things regarding this couple that'll entertain us and keep us busy while we're still seven hours and 44 minutes from home. <laughs> Yay! The first thing we have to do is head over to the corrections department. Wah, wah. We made mistakes. We made a mistake. Uh, despite the fact that uh, I had it written down in my notes, uh, if you go back to our 50th episode, I said that the Silver Surfer's first appearance was in Fantastic Four number 44. Ha ha, foolish Brad. But thankfully, thankfully, we have a wonderful listener, uh, Anthony, a longtime listener, and a, a, a listener who is imbued with the power cosmic himself, I would say, <laughs> uh, pointed out to us on Twitter that Silver Surfer's first appearance is not Fantastic Four number 44, but actually Fantastic Four number 48. So if, if you are a, a fellow uh, nerd who knows those kinds of facts... And you heard that, and you were like, "Oh, I'd like to tweet at them." Uh, don't worry. You could do that. It, you can if you want to re-correct us. Yeah. But once we've been corrected, now we're back to being flawless. Uh, but you know, like here's the thing. You know, Anthony is a longtime listener. He is a really good dude. He is a great follow on Twitter. Lisa, what's his follow again? What's his handle? At Anthony Latch, which is spelled, well, Anthony is spelled, uh... Like Anthony. Like Anthony. I, I feel like I don't want to be smug and be like, everybody knows how to spell Anthony. That might not be true. It's 
A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-L-A-A-T-S-C-H. Yeah, but he's a he's a great dude. He's Big been... time um, Silver Surfer, Dan Slott, yeah, Michael he, Allred, Run fan. He, he may be the biggest fan. I don't want to say that in Lisa's earshot, <laughs> but he may be the biggest fan of the Slot Allred Run of Silver Surfer. And it's only fitting that he corrected me. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, podcasting is, uh, I don't want to say that podcasting is hard, but when you're rambling into the internet, you're going to say some dumb things. And, uh, you know, a detail like that, I want it corrected. I definitely want it corrected. Of course. Before you know it, you're, you know, you're cited on Wikipedia and now it's truth. That's right. That's right. So, Fantastic Four, number 48. So, now we're going to have Norrin and Don Greenwood take their Enneagram test. So I was originally going to do this side by side and I uh, pulled up the Enneagram test that is on the Ennea app, which is one of the uh, Stephanie Baron Hall approved Enneagram tests. You know from Even our- Even though she doesn't like tests apparently. She doesn't. And I had, ta- this is one of the te- tests I had taken previously before our first Don Greenwood Silver Surfer episode, and I got a result. We're passing a hearse, Lisa. Oh, what do we do? Salute? Uh, uh, Yep, salute. Salute. Well, that guy's on the phone. Oh, well, he's I guess that's like if you're going to be on the the phone with a passenger, it's good that the passenger is already dead. (laughs) (laughs) Awful. Okay, so originally I was going to do this as a side by side, but apparently they mix up the, the questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, when you brought up the app, they don't both start with the same question, so we can't do it side by side. Which is a, um, I'm a, a little a little programming issue, but whatever. Well, yeah, this is a road trip episode. It's loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey. I hate being loosey-goosey. I know you do. What Enneagram is that? The one who's like, I want my notes open, please. I think it's my five. Yeah. Like, I don't want to... S- like the observer, like I don't want to say anything that isn't backed up by facts because facts make me feel comfortable. So how are we going to do this? You're going to do the Enneagram for Don Greenwood first, and then I'll do the Enneagram test for Silver Surfer second? Oh, I was going to do Norrin Rad first okay. since you're driving. Okay, yep, yep. I'm I'm manning the board to me. Okay, well this, um, this uh, first question is great. Okay, so you... Are now he's no longer answering as Brad Gullickson. He is answering as Norrin Rad. The oh. Silver Surfer, the astronomer from Zen Law. Okay. Are you getting in character? Do you feel your power cosmic? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> tingling. Oh, this is getting scandalous. Okay. I didn't say where it was tingling. Uh, yeah, but I saw your gesture. I shouldn't <laughs> describe things. <laughs> okay, here we go. So this is just section one. It says it will take 15 minutes. Okay. okay. Here we go. So this is true and false. True or false. Okay. True and or false. And each, like, what it says is it'll have the little statement, and then underneath it says either mostly true or mostly false. All right. All right. I'm responsible for the deaths of billions. Let's do this. (laughs) I love to organize everything into a system I can monitor from a distance. This preserves my privacy and safety. Mostly true or mostly false. Say say it again. I got... uh, uh, I got to get back into character. Hold on. Try this one more time. I was I was looking at a roadside. Oh, he's Say, trying to drive? Yeah. Stop that. Stop trying to drive. Okay. I love to organize everything into a system I can monitor from a distance. This preserves my privacy and safety. 
true? I think that's a big time yeah, true. I think that's true. I think that's true. I'm not an actor, Lisa. It's hard for me to get into character sometimes, but I'm going with true. But you think about um, him on Bundle Breast 3, yeah. and he wants to fix yes. that tiny planet, but he doesn't want to really be involved. He wants to make the corrections and zip away. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good point. Okay. I often observe other people and events very clearly, but rarely reveal what I see. I feel like he reveals what he sees all the time. Yeah, I, I think he does like to tell people what's up. Yeah, yeah, and, and certainly, like, if you consider the audience as as his audience and he's aware of it, like, certainly in the captions, he's telling you what he's thinking about every situation. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I can't be loved if I'm just average. I must excel. I you mean, think I, he must excel? I, yeah, I think so. I think so, because he's also trying to make up for when he wasn't excelling. And so coming out of that shame of being a herald of Galactus, I think he he must excel. Yeah, okay. I think so, yes. I, I agree. I spend a lot of time longing for how things used to be or how they will be in the future. Uh, I think, or how they will be in the future, I think that's true. I mean, and, I mean, he definitely ruminates on the past a lot. The past is a big deal to him. But it's not like he wants to go back to it. Maybe he sometimes wishes he could go back to Zen Law it's, or back to his time with the Fantastic Four. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he's nostalgic for the Fantastic Four. Do you think that he is living fully in the present? I think he's living in the future. I think he does. You know. So, are you going to say this is true or false? I'm going to say false. Okay. Uh, relationships never measure up to the intensity I want. Well, I don't think that's true. I'm going to say that's false. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I can most always get my way by being lighthearted and dancing around obstacles. No, no, that's not that's not the surfer's way. No. It's easy and natural for me to express anger. I think he stuffs his anger. I'm trying to think. I think in the context of the Aldrin slot run for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a little more open with his anger back in the Jack Kirby Stan Lee days and even in the John Buscema days but that also could be uh, as a, a result of the, the style of comics back then too yeah but yeah I, I'll say that he stuffs his anger because we're in the Ulrich Slot era okay um, I'm attracted to the dramatic side of life even if it's dark or painful is he in it for the drama is that how you interpret that, that he's in it for the drama? I'm attracted to the dramatic side of life, even if it's dark or painful. I think that's true. I think that, like, he goes to where the drama is? Yeah, I okay. think that's true. It's almost impossible for me to relax and turn off my mind. I that's think that's true. a thousand percent true. That's definitely true. But I think, again, that's true of a lot of comic book characters. Yeah. I must... Be constantly on guard and always ready to defend myself. If I'm prepared for the worst that can happen, I may be able to avoid it. I think that's, that's true. I think that's true, yeah. I secretly feel resentful that I'm so responsible and work so hard and others don't. It's really not fair. Do you think he's busy? No, I don't, I don't think I don't that. Think I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. It's really easy for me to be exactly what another person wants to be. I don't think that's true either. I don't think it's true either. Because I think he doesn't completely understand what another person needs. Um, feelings are weak. It really turns me off to see others indulging in them. Uh, I don't think that's true either. Yeah. Since I think everything through so thoroughly, 
I often feel paralyzed in taking action. No. No, that's not true. My feelings tend to dominate my life. Yes. True. <laughs> I enjoy my own mind and imagination more than I enjoy being in the company of other people. Uh, that's tricky. I think that um, sometimes he enjoys his own company so much he forgets that he enjoys the company. So I think that that's close. And certainly over the course of the slot already run, I mean, he... he learns to not only appreciate Don Greenwood in his life, but she allows him to open up his eyes to the beauty of the rest of the universe. So I would say it's mostly true that he enjoys his own mind because it's Don Greenwood who opens him up. I'd be okay with that. I do think that, I mean, I think it, I think it depends on who's writing him. I think it depends on the story. Like, I literally just finished reading that Groot yeah, group number three, yeah. So that's, like, in the forefront of my mind. And he does have, like, does a really sweet soliloquy about learning how the value of friends. Yeah. Like he, but, like, the value of friends is not what is, would you say that's his part no. of his core motivation? I don't think no, so. No, not, not, certainly not where he begins. Others, so I'm going to say true. Okay. Okay. Others say I am calm and reassuring, and I often find myself in the role of peacemaker. I don't think that's that's true. I don't think that's true. No. If I want something, I get it. But whenever Uh, I get involved in something, I do it 120%, and there's no halfway with me. I think that's true. That's true. Yeah. Next. This is section three now. Giving to others is my natural role in life, and I'm proud of that. Uh, I don't think it's his natural role. No. I, I to, think he does have pride when he does something good. And when he But I don't think he would say yeah. it's his natural role. And I, I think, think if you get you go back to uh Brundlebus uh what's what number is it? Three. Brundlebus three. Why can't I remember that? Clearly he doesn't want to like bask in his achievement there. Yeah, yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I'm give I have difficulty staying with one commitment. Because there are so many other things that interest me. I think true. I mean, he's a mover. You know, the, the, the cosmic skyways, are, that's, his, that's his path. I so. think, yeah, and I think also he likes to check things off, off a list. Yeah, 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 that's true. I'm going to say that's true. Okay. Excitement comes to me from relationships. If I'm not involved in at least one, I feel empty. I say that's false. Uh, yeah, that's false. He's pretty comfortable by himself. But I do think when he is by himself, he ruminates on the women in his life that he has lost. Yeah, that's true. I think I experience more difficult... Di- I think I experience more disappointment in life than other people. I think disappointment hits him hard. Yeah. I don't know if he would phrase it that way. Uh, I, I want to say false. False? Yeah. Private time is a necessity for me, and I need a lot of it. I think by the nature of his journey, he gets a lot of private time. Yeah. And But I don't think that's necessarily something he seeks, at least not consciously. I think that's a subconscious thing. Okay, would you say true, mostly true, or mostly false? Mostly false. Okay. So private time is not a necessity for me, and I don't need a lot of it. I don't, no. So you 
private time is a necessity for me, and I oh, need a lot well, of it, which is true. Well, I mean, yeah, mostly true then. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> true, false. I don't know how to work it. I avoid what's because you're not as fluent in the online quiz as me. I do love to. Take I'm them. also not looking at it. I'm looking at the road so that we don't die. <laughs> okay. I avoid what's ordinary or superficial and strive to be unique. Do you think he strives to be unique? No. No. I agree. I'm just I'm just manipulating you into to, to saying the things that I think. Uh, you probably, but that's what wives do. But <laughs> Oh man, classic. Other people tell me I'm too sensitive and emotional. That's absolutely false. But I think huh, I think he is too emotional. Yeah, I I think that he's I think that he's more sensitive than he would I, let I on. I think he's super sensitive, and I I don't think he would sit, call himself sensitive. No. I believe in accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. Uh, Do you think he's a glass half, half full surfer? I don't know. I don't think. I, I don't think that's a value for him. Yeah, I don't think so either. There must be something wrong with me that I don't get the love and satisfaction that everybody else does. I think a little bit. Okay, mostly true. Yeah. I wish there was. A, I, w- I wish there was a like a neither, like a uh, but neutral. I, but I think that one. I think. I think. That, I think that's true. I think that's more true than not. Here's something that I feel is true. I'm hardly ever satisfied with the results of my efforts. There's always something that, that could have been done better. That mean that's how you feel. That's how I think Norin feels. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Why, why do you think that? Because like, um, when he is. Like, when he is improving something, I think he does want it to be perfect. Do you think that when he walks away from something, he's like, I nailed that? Uh, I think sometimes yes. Okay, so you're going to say false. I'm going to say false. Okay. My likes and dislikes tend to vary depending on who I'm with. Uh, I think that's true. And I would include uh, the creators. <laughs> the creators. <laughs> oh, that's that he's funny. With. Yeah, that's true. I focus on preserving my resources because I feel there's not enough time, money, space. Others will no. want, and I think that's false too. He literally has all of the yeah. uh, all that he needs. He's got the power cosmic. That's right. My mind always goes to what's wrong or what needs to be improved so that things can be done correctly. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think so too. He's always looking to do things the most efficiently. Yeah. I am always planning and looking to the future. It's so exciting. Uh, I don't know if he would say it's so exciting, but I do think the future is very important to him. So would you say that's mostly true or mostly false? I think mostly false. Okay. Um, Knowing that other people need me is important to my happiness. Well, that's... I think... Is happiness the right word there? I don't think he's looking to be happy. I think he's looking to be atoned. Yeah, right. So, would that be mostly false? I say mostly false. I'm inclined to do what is most comfortable rather than what is most important no, to me. No. That's absolutely false. Yeah. I am suspicious of other people's motivations and spend a lot of time figuring out what they're after. I mean, if it's the incredulous Zed, he's certainly suspicious. And when those orbs first show up in uh, the first issue of the slot already run and say, like, come to the Empiricon. Yeah, he's always like, the, to the Incredulous Zed, he's always like, what are you and, up to? And I think he has a right to be considering that he was the foil for the Devourer of Worlds. That will change your, per, your core motivation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always concerned with how others feel about me. False. I, yeah, I think that's false. I think it's more about how does he feel about himself. Uh, is, is it right? Is it good? Yeah. I feel drained by what other people want from me. 
No, I don't, no. I am often uptight and irritated because I don't have enough time to get everything done. Yes. Yes. I, I was thinking specifically of him uh, visiting the inn for the first time. Yes. And he's just like looking f for the excuse yeah, to leave. I don't need to eat this bisque. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy making do with the least amount possible. Does he enjoy it? He's certainly capable of doing it. Well, like the, but the thing is, the least amount possible is literally everything in the world because he can do anything. Yeah, so I would say that's false. Yeah. I don't understand why others have to be unhappy. There is no good reason reason to waste time no. thinking about. Yeah, this is false. It really irritates me when I see others break the rules. Mm, really irritates me when I see others break the rules. I think that's true. I think so, too. Yeah. I experience frequent mood swings. I mean, I, I think that's true. <laughs> I love to start interesting new projects, but often following through to the end is boring. I think that's false. I think yeah, he does I, finish things. I agree. This is my test, but, you can, but I, <laughs> I agree with you. I'm just thinking about, since we have to do it twice, yeah, I'm just thinking about time. Because we've been, this is already 19 minutes. Uh, I can't understand why others focus on questions like... Who am I? What's really important? Oh, I can't read. I can't understand why others focus on questions like, Who am I? What really no, What's really important is how well I'm doing. He understands that. He understands yeah, that. Because under that's what he does. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I spend a lot of time focusing on my abilities so I can be efficient and successful. That's true. I think that's true. Yeah. Next. Section six. Jeez Louise. Other people... Ooh, lightning. Did you see that? I did not, but I saw it earlier. We're heading into a storm. Excite. Other people have said I'm too cautious or fearful. Uh, oh. Yeah, I agree. If someone hurts me or mine, it's legitimate for me to take action, take charge of their punishment. Yes. True. Once I'm alone, it's much easier for me to sort through an event and examine my feelings. Uh, is it easier for him to do it? He certainly wallows on his own. I think, yeah, I don't think when he's in the midst of action, he's thinking about his feelings. Yeah, agree. Relationships often seem frustrating and confining to me. Uh, relationships also being friendships. Maybe teams. He doesn't seem to stay on a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he has periods with them. I mean, he likes to go, like, he his status quo is traveling. Yeah, he's a traveler. So. No. So relationships seem frustrating and confining because he's... I guess at the beginning, again, like... I would say that that's uh, true. That's true at the start of, yeah. yeah. As long, like, the only reason he's cool with having John Green run around is because he's literally, she's yeah, literally yeah, going to be standing on his yeah. skateboard. Again, I feel like he sort of gets that reset every time a new writer takes over. Yeah. Um, but okay, yeah, 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 okay. Um, I doubt and question almost everyone and everything. I mean, he does question a lot. I mean, again, you know, he's a little wary of people because of the whole Galactus situation. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. I think that's true. I have no tolerance for frustration. I must be in control of getting what I want. Uh, I think that's true. I think so, too. I love being central to the well-being of my loved ones. No, I don't. Uh, no. Not, again, not at the beginning. Yeah. I have difficulty prioritizing and making decisions because no. everything seems equally important to me. False. Yeah, you're right. I'm always aware of some authority and their directive. Uh, I mean, if that authority is Galactus, 
I think he's always aware of Galactus. So would you say that's true? Yeah, I think that's true. And even beyond Galactus, I mean, he also has an eternity to deal with and all. Yeah. Section 7. I keep my friends and associates' business family activities apart. Many of them have never met. I think that's true. Yeah, it's true. Other people tell me I'm driven and demanding. I think that's true. I will ignore my feelings in the interest of peace and harmony with others. No. I like the familiarity of daily routines and the comfort of setting into settling into a serene... No. Yeah. I'm an expert at adjusting and adapting myself so I have the right image to get the job done. Yes. I am focused on, cons- on a constant drive to improve myself and others. Yes. Yes. Others tell me I'm too much, too loud, too intense. Apparently, I intimidate them. Uh, I mean, uh, no. I mean, again, that's sort of similar to the other question. And I said yes the last time. But the way it's phrased here, I'm going to say no. Okay. I I agree. I love keeping moving from one fun, interesting activity to the next. Yes. Yes. I am very quick and energetic and nothing slows me down. The more I can accomplish, the better I feel. True. Yes. Section 8. It's easy for me to see all sides of an issue, but harder to know what my own opinion is because everyone's argument seems equally compelling. Uh, false. Yeah. I'm judgmental and critical both of myself and others. True. <laughs> yes, true. I feel trapped if I don't have many options available. Yes, true. I won't really trust anyone I haven't checked. I. Yes, true. I don't upset about things I can't change. Uh, I would say that's false, because he's accustomed to making changes. Yeah, I agree. I'm always searching for the depths in life's experience. Uh, I don't know if he would say it that way. I don't think he's really thinking about the depth of things. Yeah, no. I am often in a leadership role. I like to be the one in charge. Does he like to be the one in charge? He's not often in a leadership role, but he does take charge. I do. I think that if he doesn't like who's in charge, he'll just do his own thing. That's true. And I, That's but true. I don't think that he de- like desires like other people to do what he says. Well, and he does get surprised when he finds other people in charge, like when Don takes over the prison rebellion and he sees that they don't really need his help in the rebellion side, the jailbreak side, he's a little shocked by that. So, would you say he likes the leadership role or he doesn't like it? I don't think it really matters to him, but... I uh, I would say that's mostly false. Yeah. I frequently use habitual activity, eating, TV, etc. to zone out. False. Yeah. Any kind of vulnerability is weakness. I will do most anything not to be weak. I think that's true. Going back to the previous question, though, when he was on Earth, when he was a prisoner of Earth, as he says to Don, like, he did, he knows Wizard of Oz, right? He knows but he about the Sixth Sense and Rosebud. He didn't Rosebud. watch Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz was zipping through the universe, and it was imposed upon him because of his awareness of all things. He think, wasn't sitting and watching TV. I think that Even he, when he was a prisoner of Earth? Yeah, I think that he, because... Everything was being transmitted through the air. He captured it all. He that captured way? it all. Like it, it was just another thing that was being, yeah, like Filtered thrust, the... thrust into his awareness. Yeah. 
I like the idea of him watching Wizard of Oz. Though. I know, but that's Martian Manhunter. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we can do him next. Okay. Feelings are insignificant in comparison to achieving goals. Yes. I agree. I avoid conflict at any cost. No. It is not safe to be successful because it exposes me to attack from others. No. Others say I worry too much and tend to be compulsive. I should probably lighten up. Uh, yes. After a while, I get angry when I give so much to someone and get nothing in return, but I would rarely let him or her know that. Uh, yes. I'm knocking things around over here. That's okay. I can just go and relax until the work is done. I, I just can't let go and relax until Correct. the work is done. Correct, yes. I love the opportunity to shine in the eyes of others. False. Yes, I agree. I would rather be respected than liked. Yes. My Ooh, true. My life revolves around my work and my achievements. Yes. Submit. There we go. All right, what do we got? Interesting. Okay, so most likely is type three, which is the performer. But second most likely is one. Which is the one I say that he is, the improver. And then third most likely is six. Okay, so let's see how this, so like the way that they do it is each of the questions puts a tally mark. So there are eight tally marks in type three and seven tally marks in type one. So type three is a performer. And I don't, I don't think that he is doing anything for applause. And I don't, like, so the performer side would be, like, I weigh myself by my accomplishments. But I, I think that he's weighing himself against his accomplishments, against his past. And we got those answers because maybe we were a little wishy-washy on a few of those questions. Well, I think that, um, that, I don't know. Like, to me, that behavior, like, wasn't part of his core motivation. Like, his core motivation was never to um, get applause. His core motivation always related to him wanting to improve yeah. his situation, improve the world situation about the Enneagram. It'll be interesting to take that test again. I, and I think we should when we get done revisiting the entirety of the All Red Slot run. Uh, and maybe not put it on our last uh, episode breaking down the final volume of the Allred Slot books, but doing like another little bonus episode or maybe even another road trip episode where we go to Costco oh, or sure. Ikea or something. Or we could just take the test and report back. Yeah, or we could take the test and report back. But I, I do like the fact that the Enneagram does say like your core motivations are to a certain degree mutable. Like it's not like you, you're uh one and you're a one for your whole life. Right, is right, that, right, Is that what the Enneagram says or just what Lisa Gullickson says? I mean, that's certainly what we believe. Yeah. We believe in evolution. Yeah. And if you look back to, you know, we've been revisiting some of our old homework projects, and I think we talked about it on the podcast where your mom discovered uh, some uh, class papers that oh, you yeah. wrote. And my mom, at the same time, found some class papers that I wrote. And in one of them, I said that I loved JFK. And I'm like, <laughs> Why did fourth grade Brad love JFK? I have no recollection of that. So clearly I have evolved beyond 
the fourth grade kid who loved JFK because guess what? I do not care about JFK. And, I mean, this is a um, Bowen family systems theory right. thing. But, like, there are nodal events that change who we are. Yes. And change how we behave. Yes. So, okay. So, are we ready to, for Don Greenwood's let's, quiz? Let's do it. Okay. And you're go. answering this one primarily. Do I need to yes, get into character? Yes, but I would like you to chime in. Yeah, I'll chime in, but I don't need to get into the character of Don Greenwood. I don't think so. Are, are you going to get in the character of Don Greenwood? I, I believe that I am. I'm a bit of a homebody to start out, but I do like pleasing others. Do you want to put on your ladybug dress that you've got back in the back seat? Oh, I, I'm... It's not no longer the backseat. I'm wearing it entirely underneath my oh, clothes. All right. I yeah. am actually wearing my Don Greenwood Converse. That is true. That is yeah, true. Yeah. I need to buy new ones, though, because these are looking scuffy. And, and her sneakers have never appeared scuffy. That's true. That's true. Costumes maketh the character. That is true. Okay. Section one. Let's do it. Knowing that other people need me is important to my happiness. True. Yes. There must be something wrong with me that I don't get the love and satisfaction that everyone else does. False. I don't think she feels unloved. I don't unloved. think, yeah, no, no, no. She feels very loved. My feelings tend to dominate my life. Uh, I would say that's true. I think that's true. I enjoy making do with the least amount possible. I would uh, say that she enjoys it. But she does, though. What do you mean she does? I mean, she, all she does is, I mean, not all she does, but all she requires is what she has at the end. But I don't think that she is, but is that the least, but I don't think that she would say that, like, being at the inn is roughing it. No, but I guess Eve certainly would. Okay, well, I'll say true. I'll, I'll, I'll go with what you said. I must be constantly on guard and always ready to defend myself. If I'm prepared for the worst that can happen, I may be able to avoid it. No, I don't think she's a prepper. No. I don't understand why others have to be unhappy. There is no good reason to waste time thinking about things that are depressing or painful. I think that's true. I think that she likes to stay on the happy side I of agree. life. Relationships often feel frustrating and confining to me. No. No. I keep my friends and associates, business, family, activities apart, and many of them have never met. False. No. She loves yeah. people meeting. I avoid conflict at almost any cost. No, I think that she stands up for herself. Yeah. Or, or stands up for people when I she agree. sees it. I agree. I often observe other people and events very clearly, but rarely reveal what I see. I think she always reveals what she says. I agree. I secretly feel resentful that I'm so no. responsible and work so hard and many others don't. No. It's really not fair. I do think that she at some level is resentful of her sister for traveling and her but, working at the end. But that's a little different. Okay. I think that's different. False. It's easy and natural for me to express anger. I don't think she expresses anger. I think she, that she expresses uh, uh, I mean, injustice. Yeah, but she does get angry. Like, she does get angry throughout the series. So do you think she it's easy mad. and natural for her to express anger? I don't know about easy. Is it easy for anybody? Maybe. I guess it is. But I mean, when... when uh, It's easy for... Yeah. When Norrin Rand is tap, tap, tapping at her window. Yeah. And she's like, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. No way. I guess I guess it's natural and easy for her. Uh, uh, to me, I could go either way. I, uh, I don't know. Is it mostly true or mostly false? Look at me be more precious with her. Okay. <laughs> I, I put true. 
it's easy and natural for her to express anger. But I wouldn't say that she's an angry person. Correct. Uh, so I will say false. I spend a lot of time focusing on my abilities so I can be efficient and successful. I don't think she really cares no. about success. No. I love to organize everything into a system I can monitor from a distance. False. I don't think she does anything from a distance. Relationships never me measure up to the intensity I want. Uh, no, I don't no, think I that's don't, true. Yeah, I don't think so too. I feel trapped if I don't have many options of, available. False. No. She loves having few options at the beginning. I'm an expert at adjusting and adapting myself so I have the right image to get the job done. I'm going to say that's true. I Again, you like she wakes up in this jail cell on the Empiricon and she gets to work. Yeah. You know, and you would not expect that out of her character as somebody who, you know, her sister would say she's a homebody and uh, here she is kicking butt doing, light years away. Doing killer customer service to the stars. That's right. If I want something, I get it. Whenever I get involved in something, I do it 120%. There's no halfway with me. So here's... Now, this one's complicated. Because I do feel like she does throw herself into things 120%. But it takes a while to build up to But I don't think that she's a go-getter. Yeah. So I would say false. I don't think she's doing it for her... Like, she throws herself in 120%, but not for her own ends. Yeah, yeah. Like, once she's in it, she's in it. She's in it to win it. Yeah, but she's never in it to win it for herself. Right. I'm hardly ever satisfied with the results of my efforts. There's always something that could have been... Yeah, she doesn't look bad. Once I'm alone, it's much easier for me to sort through an event and examine my feelings. I think that she's constantly processing her own feelings. I agree. I don't get upset about things I can't change. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure, Lisa. This is a tricky one because I think that... When it comes to things that she can't change for herself, she doesn't she care. She accepts. But if it's something she can't change for someone else, I can imagine her getting frustrated. Yeah, for her dad. And yeah, yeah. So I get upset about things I can't change. I would say yes, because I think that if it's a place where she feels she can't be helpful, I think that she would be upset. Yeah. Other people tell me I'm too sensitive and emotional. Yes. Yes. I love the opportunity to shine in the eyes of others. Uh... I think that she likes to be appreciated, but I don't think she's looking for the spotlight. I think it depends on the other. Yeah. So would you say it's mostly, mostly false? True? You would say it's mostly false. I mean... Because I think that she loves being loved. Yeah. But I don't think that she would ta tap dance for love. And so that's mostly true? Well, I think that, like, I think What's that... What's the sentence again? I forget. I love the opportunity to shine in the eyes of others. I guess that is false. Because she doesn't false. want to be yeah. the center of attention. Yeah. Feelings are insignificant in, in comparison to achieving goals. That's absolutely false. I'm focused on a constant drive to improve myself and others. Mm, uh, no, I don't think so. Not improve herself. And I don't think... She others. wants to change others, no. Uh, yeah. My mind and always... It's that constant drive there that I don't think Yeah, she accurate. doesn't have. Yeah. My mind always goes to what's wrong or what needs to be improved so that things can get done correctly. No. I can't let go and relax until the work is done. False. She is always insisting that Surfer do that. That's why he gets the Loki's and falls asleep. I love to start interesting new projects, but often following through to the end is boring. True. <laughs> True. 100. You, you see how she painted that gnome? Yeah. I will ignore my feelings in the interest of peace and harmony with others. I think she does do that. To a certain degree. To a degree, yeah. 
love keeping, I love to keep moving from one fun, interesting activity to the next. I think that's not necessarily something she would have thought or even described herself when she was in, uh, in Anchor Bay, but I do think it is true. I, and I think she comes to learn that that's true. So, would you say that that's mostly false or mostly, mostly true? Mostly true. I think it's mostly true. I love moving from one. But, like, is what interests her the activity or is what interests her the company? Mm, I think I think yeah. the activity, too. But, but I don't think she would phrase it, but I think that is true. Okay. It's not safe to be successful because it exposes me to attack from others. I don't think she thinks about it at all. False. Other people tell me I'm driven and demanding. False. Others say I worry too much and tend to be compulsive. I should probably lighten up. False. I'm always aware of some authority and their directive. No. False. Yeah, I guess she kind of does her own thing. I can most always get my way by being lighthearted and dancing around obstacles. True. Yes. Since I think everything so through so thoroughly, I'm often paralyzed in taking action. And we're going to come up to a issue where she is paralyzed in taking action because she is enjoying her place so much, even though she feels like there's something wrong. But I'm going to say, as a rule, this is false. Right? Yeah. Agreed. Next. If someone hurts me or mine, it's legitimate for me to take charge of their punishment. I don't think she's out to punish people. I enjoy my own mind and imagination more than I enjoy being in the company of other people. False. Uh, Yeah, false. Others say I'm calm and reassuring and I often find myself in the role of peacemaker. True. True. Any kind of vulnerability is weakness. I I will do most anything not to be weak. False. Agreed. I feel drained by what other people want from me. No. I focus on preserving my resources because I feel there is not enough time, money, face, false. My life revolves around my work and my achievements, false. I don't think she's achievement-minded. I'm judgmental and critical, both of my, false, yeah. I'm inclined to do what is most comfortable rather than what is most important to me. I would say at the beginning of the comic truth. I think that's true. Yeah. Next. Section six. We're much more efficient reading these the second time through. We just passed a, a, a Trump billboard and uh, gave it a, a gave it a select finger. We won't t- we won't get political and say which finger. My likes and dislikes tend to vary depending on who I'm with. Uh, I think a little bit. I think a little bit because she's a people pleaser. Yeah, a to little a certain bit. Degree. Yeah. But I do think that she is out searching for her likes. But right. I guess maybe. So let's. Would you say it's mostly true? Mostly, yeah, I'll say it's mostly true. Yeah, mostly true. I like the familiarity of daily routines and the comfort of settling into a serene, cozy environment that doesn't change. True. Particularly at the beginning of the comic. True, true, true. 100. And she values home very much. I can't understand why others focus on questions like, who am I? What is, what's really important is how well am I doing? I, well... I don't think that she thinks about how well she is doing. Do you think she thinks about who she is? A little bit. I think she does reflect on... I mean, we see her reflect on, you know, the choices that she's made, especially in relation to Eve. So what do you think she prioritizes? Finding herself or doing well? I think doing well. She focuses on doing well? I don't know. That's a tricky one. That's true. I like... I don't know. 
I, I, honestly, I don't think. I feel like at the co- beginning of the comic, she knows bit. who she is. She thinks she knows she who think, she is. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. I think she knows. She thinks she knows who she is. So we're gonna say false. Yeah, that's tricky, but okay. True. No, she, I think that's true. She can't understand why people would think about who am I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with. It. I'm a little uncomfortable with that, but that's okay. Yeah. This is why Stephanie Barinholm doesn't like quizzes. Yeah, I mean, well, quizzes shouldn't define you, certainly. Well, but, and, and like, especially when you're interp- in interpretation mode, a, a lot of these sentences can go have to, a lot yeah. of different shades. Yeah, yeah. I am suspicious of other people's motivations and spend a lot of time figuring out what they're after. I think that's false. False. It's easy for me to see all sides of an issue, but harder to know what my own opinion is because everyone's arguments seem equally compelling. Uh, I think, I think that she can identify with every person. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, she's, so a, she's a machine for empathy. Yeah, excitement comes to me from relationships. If I'm not involved in at least one, I feel empty. I say no. that's true. You know, you think so? You don't that think she, she excitement comes from well being relationships with in general, yeah. right? So like her relationship with her father, her relationship with the customers at the inn, relationships with all of the prisoners. Yeah, the yeah, motivator. yeah. I agree. She is a people person. Um, I spend a lot of time longing for how things used to be or how they will be in the future. False. Yeah, false. It really irritates me when I see others break the rules. Now, this is a tricky one. Sometimes I'm like, I was going to say yes, but is that just Lisa? Have I, have I transferred there? <laughs> yeah, Lisa, I don't like it when people break the rules. I don't think she, I don't, I don't think that's, I think she does get mad at injustice. Yeah. But, but is that injustice breaking the rules? rules? I don't know. I'm going to say mostly false. Yeah, I'll say mostly false. I am often uptight and irritated because I don't have enough time to get everything done. False. I don't think she's an uptight person. Private time is a necessity for me and I need a lot of it. False. I have no tolerance for frustration. I must be in control of getting what I want. False. I I am attracted to the dramatic side of life even if it's dark or painful. No. False, yeah. It's really easy for me to be exactly what another person needs. Yes. I think she's an adapter. Yeah. And I think that she likes to be exactly what another person needs. Yeah, which I don't see as a negative. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. I think that's like the ability to, like, I I think that she um, likes to meet other people's needs. Yeah. She brings joy by meeting other people's needs. I think needs. that's good. I won't really trust anyone. I haven't checked out thoroughly for sincerity and dependability. And this may, may take a long time. I think that she trusts people first. I, th- I think she's quick to trust. And then she pays she, for it later. But yeah, and she will change her point of view on that person. Yeah. I love. That's a big issue coming up in uh, the second volume of the yeah. Allred Slot Run. That's what I'm thinking about too. But, but like, I cut co- like personally, I come from the point of view of I'd rather die of trusting too much Agreed. than living a suspicious life. Same. I like thinking the best in others. And that's just not... This, that's me and Dawn. I love being central to the well-being of my loved ones. True. I frequently use habitual activity, eating, TV, etc. to zone out. It's such a relief from the pressure of paying attention. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it is true either. I doubt and question almost everyone and everything. False. I avoid what's ordinary or superficial and strive to be unique. Do you think she strives to be unique? I mean, she's uh, a little bit, a little bit. You know, she is, uh, there are times in the comic where she 
celebrates her, oh, I don't careness, you know? Yeah. But she does, like, cling to the things that identify her, i.e. her, her ladybug, ladybug outfits. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. does she do that for herself, or does she do that for her dad? I think she does it for herself. And I think that she does avoid what is superficial. Yes. I don't think she's interested in the superficial. Okay, so I'll say this is mostly true. I am, uh, this is section eight, by the way. I'm often in a leadership role. I like to be in charge. I think she is often in the leadership role, but, but I don't think yeah. she likes to be in charge. Agreed. I would rather be respected than life. Liked. False. I am very quick and energetic, and nothing slows me down. The more I can accomplish, the better I feel. I think she is quick and energetic, but I don't think she's out to accomplish stuff. Yeah, I agree. So what would you say? Is that mostly true? Mostly, yeah, mostly true. Okay. Giving to others is my natural role in life, and I'm proud of that. True. True. Other people have said I'm too cautious or feel no, fearful. No. Well, I would say that her sister would say that. Oh. Uh, but I don't think the... I think only her sister would say that because her sister could be a jerk about that. Yeah. Because that that's really... That's Eve saying, I've made the right choices. Yeah, that's You've true. made the wrong choices. No, I think you're right. I can't be loved if I'm just average. I must excel. No. False, yeah. I experience frequent mood swings. No. She does get some sads, but I do yeah, think they're all grounded. I don't grounded think I'd call them mood things. swings. I am always planning and looking to the future. It's so exciting. No. I don't think she's a planner. Agreed. Others tell me I'm too much, too loud, too intense. Apparently, I intimidate them. I don't think no. she's intimidating anybody. Well, next. Section 9. I have difficulty prioritizing and making decisions because everything seems equally important to me. I think that every person seems equally important to her. But I don't think she has difficulty making decisions. I think sometimes when she has to make decisions, she doesn't necessarily want to. But when she recognizes that she needs to, she does. Okay, so would you say that's mostly false? Yes, mostly false. After a while, I get angry. After a while, I get angry when I give so much to someone without getting anything in return. But I would rarely let him or her know that. No, false. When she's unhappy with she lets Nora and Rad, she lets him know. I believe in accentuating the positive and eliminating yes. the negative. True. I experience more disappointment in life than other people. False. False, yeah. It's almost impossible for me to relax and turn off my mind. False. I do think she likes to relax. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm always concerned with how others feel about me. Hmm. Do you uh, think she's concerned? I know that she loves to be loved. I think at times she is. I think so. I, I mean, she's certainly concerned about how Nora and Rad feels about I'd her. say mostly true. And I think she's concerned about how Eve thinks about her and I think she would be super concerned about what her dad thinks about her as she she's ever... zooming off into space yeah. feelings are weak it really turns me no. out to see blah false I'm always searching for the depths in life's experience uh, I don't know if she starts off that way but I think that becomes a she... value on her journey with the I think she values life I think that um, she um, she wants to experience rich things like... I think she does and then when the opportunity presents herself she grabs a hold of it obviously okay so i'll say that's true mostly true yeah i have difficulty staying with one commitment because they are so glad this no. is false ah there we go <laughs> i got the result i wanted i win um so most likely type is two and then second most likely type is nine so two is the helper and if you listen to our previous episode i do think that that is the one that she is yeah. or two episodes yeah 
A second most likely is nine, which is what I think her dad is, which is the peacemaker. And then the third most likely is seven. I forget what seven is. Is it seven? Um, seven's the challenger, right? No. Yes. Yeah. Let's let no eight is the challenger. Oh, okay. Here we go. So, so that doesn't make sense. Here we go. Oh, type seven is the enthusiast. Oh, yeah, You're yeah, yeah, a seven. That's me. And Eve is a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, they do have brief descriptions. Should, should we do the brief descriptions or no? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think uh, we that, talked about that on the last episode. So we spent almost an hour doing these quizzes. And yeah, and we've got six more hours to go in the car, Lisa. Of driving. Of driving. So we're gonna make we're gonna this is a six hour episode. Yay! So uh, the next thing we're gonna do is go through the rocket and Groot comic. Yeah, Groot number three. <laughs> So since last we spoke, uh, we've driven three hours, and we are now in the state of Maryland, and it's pouring rain, and we can't escape the rain, and so we thought we would l let you partake in it as well. It's soothing. Maybe you're trying to get to bed. A little rain <laughs> will rock you to sleep. Oh, yeah. People play, pay big money yeah, for yeah. this kind of, like, nature nature car sounds. Yeah. I'm sure there's, like, a $1.99 app for it. So much for us, like... Editing this all together so it sounds like one big long conversation though. Nope, nope. That's not gonna happen. That's that, that did not happen. Best intentions. <laughs> but we are ready to talk about group number three. Yes. Um, I've already lost in my notes. Oh, here they are. By Jeff Loveness and Brian Kessinger. Yeah. So I, yeah. I met Brian Kessinger you did. in passing and I totally snubbed him by accident. And I feel guilty to this very day. Oh, well, you have to explain that story a little bit more, Lisa. Where did it happen? Uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, what were you wearing? I was wearing my Don Greenwood cosplay. And uh, I was just kind of in. It was, like, super crowded. Weren't we going up an elevator? No, but we were Escalator? in, like, a very crowded byway. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Somebody recognized me, which was extremely rare. Most of the time when I'm in my John Greenwood cosplay, they're like, hey, uh, what's her name? Miraculous. Miraculous. I kept on thinking Maleficent. That's not right. That person is very confused. Um, and uh, But he was like, so like, hey, John Greenwood. And I was like, hey, you got it. And he's like, I just drew a comic about Don Greenwood. And I'm like, this guy is creepy. I don't trust him. <laughs> it's just a, a random dude commenting on my cosplay. But then I looked him up later. I was like, oh, shoot. Well, because he mentioned, he's like, yeah, Groot. And we're like, oh, okay. And then we that's when we looked him up. Because he did mention Groot. And I and I followed that him to this day on Instagram and Twitter. He's a great artist, a great follow. And hopefully I'll get a redo on that someday. Hopefully, hopefully. You, this comic is very important to Don Greenwood because it is the only full storyline to feature her character outside of the Allred and Slot run. Now, Don Greenwood does appear in, I believe it's Civil War II, The Fallen? But barely. But like, barely. She's like in three panels. She doesn't even say anything. I, I wish that more of the Marvel Universe embraced Don Greenwood. Yes. I do think that she could be an asset in many situations. Yes. Well, you know, like, you need other writers to take on your cause, to take on your characters, to bring them into a full life outside of your one specific storyline and I do wish and I don't want to spoil what happens at the end of this Silver Surfer run yet the Allred and Slot run 
But I would like for Don Greenwood to be acknowledged by other writers. Like, you know, characters like The Hood and The Century, who were, for the most part, niche nobodies until Brian Michael Bendis brought them into his new Avengers run. And you need somebody like Brian Michael Bendis to resurrect the concept of Don Greenwood to bring that character's value up within the universe. I think uh, Dan Slott and Michael Allred did a really graceful job of kind of, uh, you know, the campsite rule of leaving Silver Surfer in a in a better place than where they found him. Yes. But in a way where somebody else could come out and, and and use his character without him being so dramatically changed. Yes, yes. It's done in a very graceful and, way. And, and, but and, it also created an opportunity for this beautiful legacy for Don Greenwood's character yeah. that I feel like uh, just got kind of skipped out on by by the rest of I, the I Marvel still Universe. I hold hope for the Don Greenwood idea to resurrect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what, what but, and the reason I do is as much as I love the Allred and Slot run, when I encounter another artist interpreting Don Greenwood and another writer interpreting Don Greenwood, it's incredibly exciting, even mm-hmm. in an issue like this, yeah. where it's just like 22 pages and it's it's a side quest for Groot. Um, but but to see Don Greenwood in this environment with different writer's words coming out of her mouth is like it's exhilarating it's super fun and i think that they really captured like don greenwood where she was this is her very new in her space quest and she's very excited about how this intergalactic travel is opening up her imagination but also opening her up to a whole um new Uh, just worlds and worlds of new people yeah and how those new people she's learning that encountering new people helps her know herself better she states it beautifully in the comic Mm -hmm. and i think that silver surfer also does a great job of saying like i have this new person in my life and i'm learning something from her every day yes yes i would put this story somewhere along the lines of the marvel uh, the all-new marvel now point one issue involving the cosmic rays. Mm. It feels like that period of Don Greenwood's narrative. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I like how, it, you know, the, the story starts off and Silver Surfer and Don Greenwood have literally bumped into Groot. They've, they've, they've crashed their surfboard into Groot in the spaceways. And Groot is completely frantic because... He's become separated from Rocket, yeah. and he's using this little electronic contraption to track him down. Yes, yes. So I would think that Silver Surfer's power cosmic would prevent him from having <laughs> such fender benders, but I think that, that Rocket, because, I mean, Groot, because he was in such like a frantic state, was maybe a little less... Um, Predictable in yes. his movements. Yes. I'm, 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 I like I'm putting it. that like on Groot. <laughs> I like it. Um, so when they run into him, they can see that there is something bothering Groot. But Don Greenwood is alarmed by Groot's language, and she's immediately concerned that she's not going to be able to communicate with him and figure out what his needs are. 
And Silver Surfer is like, well, we have this shared history. We've we've rescued many people together. And Don has met Groot once That's in true. issue four of the Allred and Slot run. But, like, I don't even think... They didn't even mention it in this y- issue. Oh, no, they mentioned it once. She says, um... Uh, we, I think we've met before. Oh, maybe she has. But, but, that, but that's the extent of it. And but they certainly didn't communicate because she was shocked by his uh, his language, his yeah. limited vocabulary, vocabulistics. Yeah, vocabulistics. <laughs> um, but uh, Don Greenwood goes like, "Well, this is just somebody who needs help," mm-hmm. and uh, so she's like, "So let's help." So they they're able to figure out that he is looking for someone. And and Groot is able to give them a general direction of where Rocket is. And Don is like, well, Norrin, you can totally handle a general direction. And they start looking, but Groot is getting increasingly more frustrated. And, and we get this beautiful panel. Yes. So, like, I, I would say that Brian Kissinger's art really excels in its depiction of Groot. Mm, like, yes. the facial expe- expressions are so heartfelt and you feel the pain, the worry, the anxiety, whatever is required, uh, the, the, whatever the story requires out of the character, Kissinger nails yeah. on Groot's expressions. It's so good. And Don Greenwood uses his expressiveness and her ability to empathize to go like, well, clearly he needs some kind of pep talk and... Norrin gives him this beautiful speech, which is tabby number and three. Don refers to it as surferizing. Yeah. Like, um, I talked to Brad about this. So this version of uh, Norrin Rad has a tent. A te- First, he's wearing skivvies, which is weird to me. Yeah, he's got like uh, Superman trunks on over his power cosmic. <laughs> um, but then he has the, this... Um, tendency to moralize in a kind of a soliloquy uh, yeah. monologue format which I'm less familiar with because I feel like the Silver Surfer I know doesn't do that but Brad says that's totally in character. That, I mean that's the Stan Lee version. That's the version that you would see in the John Buscema comics is, uh, in particular or the Mobius parable storyline like that's what Silver Surfer was known for and is probably still most known for is he likes to drone on. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Because she's she refers to it as his tendency to surferize and she uses that word surferize like multiple times, which like to me I go like, well she never uses that word again. And not in the all red slot run, I don't think, no. So um uh so surfer so Dawn is like you need to talk to him. You have this shared history. And while you do that, I'm going to go check out, like, there's, like, I'm going to take Chubby. There's some kind of crazy moon. And so Surfer intuits that Groot is missing a person and is feeling alone in the universe. And he uses that to um, kind of uh, open his conversation to him. And he says... The cosmos can be an empty place without someone to share it with. I know this. And then we get this um, flashback panel of him being a herald for Galactus. And um, 
and he says, I was so very lost. I did not believe I deserved redemption or happiness. And then we get a panel with him and the Fantastic Four, and it says, but then I met people who shook me from my apathy. I made friends, and I found myself again. And he ends his little speech with, I have done terrible things I shall never atone for, but I'm here today, and today I can still choose to do good, and I will. And I feel like that last little part of his speech, of which I'm skipping many bubbles, yes. refers back to uh, his oneness, which is referred to in um, the Stephanie, Stephanie Baron Hall book as uh, the improver, but on the Enneam app that we took his test on, it's actually called the reformer, which I think is really interesting considering he is this reformed person who was a former herald of Galactus and now is seeking to reform himself and reform the world for this, for the sake of goodness. Yes, 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 yes. So I think that that's... You know, like this, this page here where he's reflecting on uh, you know, his time with Galactus and the, his sins, right, that he has to atone for. This page shows up in every iteration of a Silver Surfer comic. Like, every time we reboot the story of the Silver Surfer, we have to revisit this moment. And we're going to revisit this moment in the second volume of the Allred and Slot run. And even when Donny Cates takes on the character after the Allred Slot run with, with uh, Thanos wins and uh, Silver Surfer Black, he has to reconcile with his time yet again. But what, just as much as I like how Don Greenwood becomes a fully formed character by the end of All Red Slot, and I would like to see Don Greenwood, the idea of Don Greenwood, the history of Don Greenwood taken over and recognized within the Marvel, con- Marvel Universe context, I wish the resolution that we get with Galactus from Silver Surfer's point of view by the end of the All Red Slot run would allow writers to explore Surfer stories without revisiting this idea of atonement, right? Mm. Because I feel like at the end of the All Red Slot run, and I, again, we're jumping ahead in our series of episodes on these two characters, but by the end of that run, there is some form of peace. Right. And I, like... What a gift that is for writers to now explore Silver Surfer without the burden of Galactus. Well, it's the same... We had this exact same conversation with Spider-Man and Uncle Ben. And Spider-Man has to be a a swinging bachelor. Spider-Man has to have this... The the shame of being responsible for Uncle Ben's death. And I feel like writers feel like that's essential for Silver Surfer. I I do, too. But, 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 But... but again, and we said this on our 50th episode, the, the thing that makes Surfer different than all these other characters, than Spider-Man or Superman or Batman or whatever, is that Surfer is a series of reboots. Mm. We keep rebooting Silver Surfer. He's not had a, a, a life. And while you go, that's bad, actually, it's an opportunity to keep redeveloping the concept of Surfer. Yeah, yeah. And and, and in all these reboots, there's actually a a moment where you can go, all right, we've rebooted him in All Red and Slot. Now let's make it a core part of his being that he has atoned, or at least if not atoned, he's made peace with his battle with Galactus, with himself. 
Yeah, I love that. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And, yeah, and it's what broke my heart when we went to the Dottie Kate's run. Yeah, and I, again, I freaking love Silver Surfer Black. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's frustrating that that, the, that Don Greenwood's the history with Don Greenwood seems totally absent from it. And the and character. It's hurtful. And it's hurtful. It's hurtful, but also the character growth of Surfer. Surfer is then undone. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, so uh, Don Greenwood returns after that little pep talk, and she notices that there is this kind of um, electrical storm that is closing in on this tiny rock of a planet. And. Um, so uh, I love this little little panel. Silver Surfer turns to Groot and goes, shall we do good? And Groot's face absolutely melts. And he has a sweet smile on his face. And he says, I am Groot. And then Don Greenwood goes like, I'm going to call that a yes. So like Groot was in this despair place. And what lifts him from that place is that opportunity to fill, to do some good, and, and to, um... To, ha- to, to have purpose. It's purpose. Have purpose, and yeah, and do something with someone. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they go down to this tiny planet, and it's this planet of mole people, and so Don Greenwood and Groot take charge of organizing the people, while Silver Surfer takes, takes care and, and goes to quell this storm and um so uh, immediately Groot sees that he has this ability like he can use his tree powers to shelter people and uh so he and he and Don kind of bond over their different skills of being able to help Don is able to calm people's nerves Groot is able to use his like use his wood to shelter and um but you see over there working together dawn through just empathy and being able to anticipate people's needs and to anticipate Groot's concerns she slowly learns how to speak his language and hear what he's saying which I like we've seen um with Rocket you know, just kind of being with Groot and working with Groot, you just under, you just be, begin to understand him. But I really do think that it extends from empathy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, that's what would happen with Don Greenwood and Groot. You know? She has, like, a short... Yeah, you could see them being a great partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. Though they, like, they all... They do both have second into command tendencies. They both have strong sidekick energy. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Um, And I think it has to do with both of what I think both of their Enneagram types are. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So it looks like they've done a good job of keeping everybody safe. And it seems that Silver Surfer has quelled the storm. And so he comes back down. He begins to moralize and surferize. But then we begin to realize that there's something very wrong and he falls down in pain and it turns out that this storm is actually this huge like tardigrade like electrical creature i love how 
all of pop culture has gotten on the tardigrade now. They're so cute. I mean, they are crazy adorable and also gross and icky and scary and something out of like a Clive Barker or David Cronenberg movie. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just great looking creatures. This creature has a name. His name is Akari. Akari, yeah. I would be interested. Maybe, maybe he only exists here? No idea. No idea. But he has like... He has the ability to absorb power. So he um, eats suns. He absorbs the power of suns. Super excited that Silver Surfer shows up with his power cosmic. Yeah, and so he starts leeching off of his power cosmic. But it is p Silver Surfer's power cosmic that allows Don Greenwood to breathe. Yep. So as soon as this tardigrade is suckling on his power, she starts losing her ability to breathe and Groot is doing the best he can trying to like create plants yeah yeah so so she can breathe but because they have helped this uh, species of mole people one of the young mole people finds a way to help and so this young mole person speaking their mole language brings this um, metal wire and they use the metal wire to ground the tardigrade to the ground. Um, and then uh, Silver Surfer zaps him with lightning and that takes the electricity in this in this tardigrade storm and puts it into the ground and puts out his, his fire. Yeah, pretty great. It's a cool little moment. And there's a beautiful little um, panel of Silver Surfer where he's partially drained. So his sheath um, is exposing Norrin Rad's skin underneath. But the, uh, obviously the first thing he does is create air, create breath for Don Greenwood. And, um, and then they've saved the day. And we have this beautiful panel where like Don Greenwood is wrapping Silver Surfer in a blanket. And he's like, why, like, I have the, I don't need, like, I don't need a blanket. I don't understand what the blanket is for. Um, but then the act of kindness and comfort, like, leaves him speechless. To which she replies, that's a first, you know? <laughs> and um, the, well, I can't tell. So uh, we have a panel of Groot ha who has all of these vegetables. And I wonder, are these vegetables, did these come from these grateful mole people, or did those come from his body? I, I think they might have come from his body. Which is weird. Uh, yeah, I, but also cool. And a little bit sexy if we've learned anything from Swamp Thing. It's very nine and a half weeks, very <laughs> Swamp Thing. Um, but then, like, uh, Surfer starts moralizing once again and starts going like, well, if we had not run into you, we would have not been able to save the day for this planet. And even though you are still missing your friend, there is this greater good. But he begins to exhaust himself from from talking. And so Don Greenwood <laughs> has this opportunity to take over and surferize for him. And she goes like, I think all, I think all that he meant thank you. And he's right. It's weird to think about. None of this would have happened if we didn't run into you. If you didn't lose your friend, if we if we didn't get lost, Norrin 
wouldn't be here to save the planet and you wouldn't have been here to save all of us. Yeah, I think there is something extremely um, uh, resonant and at the core of Marvel Comics and at the core of, I would say, American stories is that failure is not failure. Like, everyone fails, Failure right? is an opportunity. Failure is an opportunity. Failure is necessary to growth and that's at the heart of Marvel stories mm, yes. and um, I hate being between this wall and, and this, this big, truck. big Mack truck <laughs> uh, there we go we're in a very it. pretty little area yeah like a little industrial yeah this I mean this looks like I don't know something out of a Stephen King movie a little bit yeah um so she ends her surfer rise by saying I guess that's what I've learned to love about travel you meet so many random people you're not so closed off you're close you're more open to yourself. Everything's new again. I don't know a better way to be than yeah. to be out in the cosmos. I love that. And at some point, his little doodad got broke. I'm not quite sure when that happened. But that same mole who gave him that wire also fixed his doodad. And, like, set him up with a really rad ship. Yeah, so now he has the means to find Rocket on his own. And, uh, you know, they get their, their goodbyes and, uh, uh, Don Greenwood tells them, don't worry. Oh, and Don Greenwood is holding up Silver Surfer. His power is not entirely returned. So she is with her, the strength in her human body. She's supporting his, his form. And she says, don't worry, two man and I will take care of him. And he, he's like, I like space. <laughs> he's a little dotty, but he looks happy and he's smiling. And, and Don Green is like, I know you do, Nora. <laughs> and so they embrace. And uh, Don Greenwood says, like, if you're ever in Massachusetts, let me know. I know a great place for you to stay. Yeah. So she extends this beautiful invitation to her home. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, cute comic. And again, made all the more so because it's one of the rare appearances of Don Greenwood outside of the Slot Allred run. I uh, do think that um, this book does connect into Don Greenwood's two-ness. Like, she is the helper. She does look for what's needed, and she goes like, what... What can I do in my limited capacity to understand people's needs and help meet those needs? And the power of that is also that she doesn't see her humanness and her non-cosmicness or superhero-ness or, or whatever as uh, a barrier, she, right? It, she, she never uses it as an excuse to pa yeah. pass the buck. Right, right. She, There's always something that she can contribute to. And uh, how is that not the most heroic action out there like there's so much to take from that one little aspect of Don Greenwood mm -hmm. uh, you know we could we we could all use a little more Don Greenwood in our personalities yeah and I I do use her as a model sometimes yeah you do absolutely absolutely so uh, um, yeah. I have the the Enya app up uh -huh. with their brief descriptions of the types they do correlate very well with the types as they're presented in Enneagram and Love. 
though, um, like I said, some of the titles are a little different, which I find interesting. So I've already mentioned that type one, which is in Enneagram and Love as the improver. In, in this, it's the reformer. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I think I like that even more. I, I do, too. And it's and the gifts of the reformer, which I think is Silver Surfer, is honesty, industry, responsibility, ethical, and fair. will work hard for the vision of improvement. Mm. And its goal is to embody integrity through perfection and to be beyond reproach. Cool. I, I don't think that the goals necessarily line up perfectly since... His 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 um, core motivation is so attached to his need for atonement. Um, here's type two. Type two is all is still called the helper in this, and so this is Don Greenwood, which um, the gifts are giving, supportive, sensitive to others' needs and feelings, energetic and romantic. I think that's perfect. That's, perfect. that's Don Greenwood that's to a T, and the. Uh, her goal is to stay connected through partnership. So, I, like, to me, I think that Don Greenwood on her own does like to attach. Like, so when she's at home, I don't, like, if she was at the Greenwood Inn, I think that she would be directionless without her dad. Right. But the fact that she's there to, to, to help her dad gives her direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. So I have some ideas of what I think um, uh, Groot might be. Oh, yeah? So my first inclination was to go type six, the loyalist. And the gifts, of, because he is so loyal, loyal to, to Rocket, Rocket. and the Guardians, yeah. Um, but... Like, when I read this description, so I'm going to read the complete description. It's not long. But um, it starts out by saying, Too much fear of fear. Seek safety from harm in the dangerous world through vigilance by imagining the worst-case outcome in order to prepare. Looks for the hidden agenda. Mistrusts others. Is both obedient and rebellious with authority. Mm. Ambivalent, indecisive of fear of error. So to me, like, I don't see Groot as fearful. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, I don't. Um, the gifts are warm, loyal, intuitive, imaginative, usually a great sense of humor. I mean, I agree with all of that. I agree with those things. And then the goal to achieve security through careful observation and alertness. The Maybe. goal doesn't align perfectly. Yeah. So then my other type that I thought was actually what's also my type, which is type four. I mentioned um, earlier in the episode, I said I have type five-ness in me. I want to point out that five is one of my wings, but it's not my core motivation. My core motivation is type four, the individualist. And, um, and here is the description in full. And we have Groot in our minds right, for this. Right, right. Okay. Intense emotional highs and lows. Fears abandonment and loss. I mean, that part a little bit. Well, he definitely fears abandonment and loss in this particular in ep- this issue. Issue, because yeah. he's really looking for Rocket. Um, driven to search for, for lost ideal love. I don't know. I don't think so. Dissatisfied with life as it is. Longing for the unavailable so lives in past or future 
succumbs to sadness and melancholy, creates dramatic crisis. No, I don't. I think the. I think uh, the other one is the more other accurate. More accurate. Feels unique and special. The one on the outside looking in. You know, I've encountered Groot a lot in comics. I've never really considered Groot that much, though. Well, uh, it's so complicated because we can't underline what he's feeling with text. Yeah, I mean, again, it depends on the version of Groot that you're reading, but yeah. But here's the uh, type four gifts. Depth and intensity of feeling, creative. uh, So this is what, to me, makes feels Groot a little bit. It's the desire to express the essence of life and empathetic. Yeah. Um, Goal to become authentic through unique personal expression. Maybe that's not. I don't know. I, I think I would need to really read some more... Groot comics with the Enneagram in mind before I was to feel comfortable about it. Yeah. Uh, but the loyalist seems right, at least from what we pulled from it's issue a- three of mm-hmm. the Groot miniseries. Um, bonus, I think that Rocket, even though we didn't see him <laughs> in this particular issue, is a like uh, platonic ideal of the challenger. So Certainly t- in the movies. So, yeah, in, in the MCU in particular. Believes being strong, powerful, and domineering is the only route to safety. Aggressive and impulsive, expresses anger re- readily, but has difficult feeling dependency or softer emotions. Admires strength, denies own weakness or fear. Gifts, courageous, good leadership qualities, powerful, straightforward, protective of the weak. Goal, embody power through control and dominance. Interesting, interesting. Especially if you think of how, how Ace are described in Enneagram and Love, I think he's definitely can be misconstrued as a bully. Yeah, and, and uh, again, looking at the MCU version. Mm-hmm, which is what I know best. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is all about that. And, and uh, pull, you know his relationship with Yondu and how that evolves him beyond that. Uh, the group, uh, the rocket in the comics post the movies uh, aligns pretty closely with that. Um, I don't know if I would say that about the Dan Abnett rocket, but uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, so I think we've reached the portion where we can talk about what we've learned. Like, is there anything you learned in this discussion uh, today, either through what we've learned through the Enneagram app or through this... um... Honestly, like, my big takeaway from Groot 3 and this conversation is really coming around to what a heroic figure Don Greenwood is Mm. um, and what a brave character Don Greenwood is. And, and, you know, she is a sidekick, but only because of narrative constraints and how she was sort of introduced... What do you but think? but that was purposeful, and I think over the course of the Allred Slot run, she's less and less of a sidekick. I mean, I I think that sidekick has a bad connotation. For sure. To me, I feel like I'm a natural second in command. I'm a person who definitely I does not not like leadership, but I love jumping on and being a creative and supportive mind within a cause. Yes, I agree with that, Lisa, and I understand what you're saying there, but I do think the further we get into the already in slot run, 
what you see is a partnership yes. between the two and not a hero sidekick situation. Yes, yes, yes. And, and uh, you know... Uh, but I don't see Dawn Greenwood having an adventure entirely on her own. Well, she's not Captain America. Right, you know, like, right. You know, she's not Iron Man. Uh, but, 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 but just to get back to my point... Sure. She is a hero. Oh, Right, yes. and and she brings um, powers to this storyline that Groot and Silver Surfer do not. One hundred percent. And that's my big takeaway. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, my takeaway has to do with her final speech, and it's actually been something that I've been ruminating, like in my personal life, a lot. That the idea that you should approach every person you meet in your life as um, as you are their student and you are there to learn something from each and every person that you meet. And in every person that you meet, there is a mirror for yourself. Just like we look, we, we listen, we read the different Enneagram types and we go, either I see myself in that type when I'm in this situ- this kind of situation, or you can go like, I can see where that type is essential. And Don Greenwood saying like, the more people that I meet in my travels, the more I'm actually opening myself up and finding things that are about me. And so like, one of my like little um, mantras to myself, and I've I've been saying it to others as well, is like everybody on some level is your peer. There is not you are there is no level there's no person that you will meet that is not on your level. Yeah. You just have to find where that level is. Yeah. I think. I mean, and I, I mean, think yeah. that it transcends age, it transcends experience, it, it transcends intellect. Yeah. Like, we are all equals. Yes, yes. We've been talking about that a lot, and I, I'm fully on board. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, to me, that, that idea of learning from everybody that you meet and seeing yourself in everybody that you meet from one in one way or another. Super important. I think mm-hmm. we need to all be doing this a lot more. Radical, fearless, egoless empathy. Yeah, it's hard. It's it a, is really it's hard. It's work. It's work. And it's a practice. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right, Lisa. I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Guess what I queued up, my love? Oh, well, uh, we're not there yet. What? We're not there yet because we got to say, what are we going to do next week? Yeah, that's right. What's on tap? We're returning to a proper conversation on Don and Norrin. Uh, it'll be episode 51. Um, we are going to be reading Silver Surfer, volume 7, issues 6 through 10 of the Allred and Slot run. It's in the trade paperback Worlds Apart. It's the I big... feel like the, the numbering is so snobby. You can call it volume 2. The trade paperback volume two. I know, but I know. But I, when I get to this point, 
you know, like, I like to be specific. I, but is it specific or is it just confusing? Oh, it's confusing. <laughs> there's been seven volumes, and before we get to the end of All Red and Slot Run, there's going to be eight volumes of Silver Surfer comics. Oh, man. And, like, do we count Silver Surfer Black as the ninth volume? I don't know. Or is it a miniseries? Look, look. Worlds Apart is the trade paperback. It's volume two trade paperback of the Already Slot Run. Thank you, my love. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. It's the big Galactus storyline. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. It's going to be great. And um, for that uh, episode, we're going to be covering part two of the Enneagram in Love. And I'm excited to dive right back into that book. Because by, yeah, I'm by having, Stephanie Baron Hall. I'm getting, I'm having so much fun with it. I'm, I'm having a blast with it. And I loved our little Enneagram things. I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed going through it. And I do encourage you, the Ennea app, spelled, so it's spelled E-N-N-E-A-A-P-P. Yeah, I'll try to put a link uh, in the uh, show notes. It's free, and the quiz is free. There is uh, opportunities to buy things on the app, but why? Just download <laughs> the app, take the quiz. Like I said, when I took this quiz, I got five, which I feel like is not me. So you can take it with a grain of salt, but I do like their little descriptions of the, the types, and it's just fun to explore, and then you just... You just throw the app away if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And you can always, um, when you discover your Enneagram type, uh, you can always send it, you know, tweet at us. Use the hashtag surfintypes. Yep. We have had some answers, which is exciting. We'll share those on our next episode. For so, um, so we're spelling it surf letter N type. So it's S U R F N T Y P E S, which I think is not the most straightforward way to spell it, but what are you going to do? Oh man. Okay. Well, well, this is the great thing about this episode, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Uh, it started in Indiana. Yeah. We're now in Maryland. That's right. We recorded over the course of five hours. That's right. Something like that. In between recordings. Uh, I had a full-on panic attack. You did? You did? Um, but I... I interviewed the, the cinematographer of Lovecraft Country. That's right. Between <laughs> us, we've eaten four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, I've eaten two. Huh? Almond butter and oh, jelly yeah. sandwiches. We ran out of peanut butter, but honestly, almond butter is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Now we're just talking to talk. This is the longest episode, but we, you know... But hey, I'm having a good time. I just hope that our listener is having a good time. There's a 15-second skip button. They can hit it. Max mentioned, he's he's one of my friends on Instagram. He's also a listener. He did mention that our uh, 50th episode was our longest episode, and it felt like a jab. I'm overly sensitive, though. It probably <laughs> wasn't. It was probably just a, a nice person making an observation. Well, the 51, episode 51 is going to be three hours long. I know. I'm, uh, But you know what? You don't have to listen to the whole thing. No. That's you don't right. have to listen to us at all. Oh, don't say that. You have to listen to us sometimes and uh, rate us five stars on Instagram, on iTunes. Okay, anyway. Let's are you ready it. for our outro for real? Let's, let's, let's do it. To me, my, I'm just going to use the copy from last time. <laughs> to me, my Brad, it's time to surf the cosmic skyways. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? Uh, you can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. Uh, if you want to spread more words of affirmation, 
please uh, send some love to the guy who designed our logo, uh, Aaron Prescott, at A Cool Hand Flute. You can send some love to the person who designed our 50th episode poster, as well as our website banner, at Karen X-Men Fan. Actually, it's at Karen underscore, underscore. X-Men Fan. They are the best. Mm-hmm. Do you have a question for me? Yes, Lisa. Where can uh, listeners send their words of affirmation to you? You are so sweet. I'm <laughs> always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. Oh, yeah. And if you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CBCC Podcast, and you'll see some sweet pics of our road trip. What, what? Mm-hmm. I keep making that sound. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's my new thing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be part of the CBCC drinking game. Yeah. How many times does Lisa go? Mm-hmm. Uh, so until next time, folks. Oh, wait. Oh, shisa. What? You, you can give us the gift of five stars on iTunes. If you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? <laughs> we are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So good, Lisa. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. So, uh, can I do it now? Yeah, can go I for do it. it. Until next time, folks, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Go ahead and hit that button. Oh, sorry. Doopy doopy. Bum bum ba da bum bum ba da ba.